0: Uh, this is a microphone test for Rad. One, two, one, two, one, two. It's Rad time. Yeah, it's that time of the week where Jake Reedy and myself, Jesse Drackman, talk about all things Rad, 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 Rad. It's Rad. Every Saturday morning from 8 a.m., we are Rad on your earbuds. On all streaming platforms, tune in, subscribe, and love rad.
1: Dude, what's happening?
2: Not much, man. Hey, I'm just, I'm just gathering my brain back after just having my blown. What about you?
1: Oh man, (laughs) Um, I'm just a fucking. Pottering around doing a bit of a clean-out, stuff like that oh dude that must be horrific doing things yeah but yeah, man, it was kind of necessary like you know you know how like someone becomes a part of a place so mm-hmm. much that you just kind of just kind of have to change shit up because you don't want to like walk into a room and see that person all the time Gotcha as well as, you know it's just
2: you gotta, you gotta one, make of the, one of those slight adjustments.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta make a few adjustments and uh yeah. you know. Just so you can uh
2: in order to maintain the radness.
1: Yeah, and you know, go into the fucking room and yeah, you know, exactly. stuff like that. So Exactly. It's been it's been a
2: process.
0: Yeah,
1: a, a very dusty one, process.
2: <laughs> one step at a time. But here we are. Here we are doing doing uh, this thing that uh, is... uh Doing rad uh, things. Escape, I got my
1: I got I got my rad them. pants on.
2: Ah oh, dude, that's great. Got, rad got, my rad, got my rad pants on, so like we're we're like six episodes in and you have rad pants already. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I, I started pre-ordering like, you know, a whole rad outfit
1: right at the first episode. I was I was prepared.
2: This is like special. I mean I know this is episode six, six, six but um, uh, you know, you have rad pants I feel like I need to up my game. <laughs> I feel like I'm falling behind here man. I, I I'm too get I'm too busy getting my mind blown and I have to refer to my mind being blown by seeing that first image of Michael Keaton in the new Batman outfit. Yeah, the the
1: Batgirl shot. That's that's looking pretty Woo! cool. That's looking pretty cool. Few few little upgrades there to the outfit and everything.
2: That just came from left field, dude. I just saw the screen grab and just went, "Holy shit!" I don't know. I'm all kinds of excited. Personally. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I'm. I'm.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm. I'm really really curious to see where the fuck they're going with this whole thing with the Flash movie and stuff like.
2: Do you feel like it's a, a bit of a race at the moment between them and Marvel? Because Marvel's doing... We've talked about this before. Multiverse of Marvel, multiverse of DC. Coincidence? I think well, not.
1: See, you know what's going to happen? Because, I mean, Fl- the Flash movie's been in development for fucking ever. And Forever. Like, yeah. Yeah. since, like, fuck, man, 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, And, you know, Sp- Spidey beat them to the punch, like, in terms of release. But you know what's going to happen is that the flash movie is going to come out and everything. Cause it's like, I, it's this whole thing where like, it seems like Marvel can release anything
0: mm-hmm. and
1: everyone's going to go, Oh my God, that's the greatest thing ever. DC on the other hand, it just feels like people just tend to just want to fucking rag on them. Like no matter what. And I, yeah. I feel like, it, I feel like it's going to be a thing where like flash is going to come out. And no matter how good it is, people are going to be like, Oh, they're just ripping off Spider-Man. No way home.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bit like that. There's going to be a lot of, um I don't know, a bit of ignorance of sorts or just, uh I don't know.
1: I, I just I just don't get it because it's like, I don't think DC flicks have been that bad. Like nah. there was stuff I wasn't a fan of, but there's stuff in the Marvel flicks that I'm not really a fan of as well. But yeah. like on the whole, man, like, you know, it's like, look, we're getting some pretty fucking, you know, we're getting some pretty good shit. Like yeah. there's not not a lot to like I mean, Jesus man, like, you know, fucking grow up in the eighties where it's like, you know, you're yeah. lucky to get a Superman movie every fucking
2: three years. Oh man, that. it's um yeah And like... you
1: know, there were only really two good ones and then there was, you know, Superman Four and yeah, that was a whole thing.
2: <laughs> you know, I speaking of Superman Four, I was reading um a Superman book uh not too long ago and I'm trying to I've now put my foot in it. Now that I've started it, but it was one of the recent collected volumes of, of stuff, and he was taking on this this friggin', you know, the the, the build up to this insanely uh heavyweight opponent was coming on, and the guy just beat. uh He was in like the Phantom Zone or somewhere. And he just...
1: Oh, that was yeah, that was like Bendis's first run, with, right? Uh, when you, Nuclear Man shows
2: up. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking. But yeah, it was just that that. That one beautiful-looking panel of Nuclear Man that just excited me beyond belief. I was just like, wow, they've finally done it. It's taken forever, but here we
1: are. Nuclear Man is one of, like, the big disappointments of my childhood because when I was a kid, like, and I heard that he was going to be in that, Mm -hmm. my brain instantly went, fuck me, Firestorm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he wasn't Firestorm.
1: And I was so heartbroken because I loved Firestorm as a kid. Yeah,
2: you know... I okay. I mean, looking at it now, in you, you know, uh, with with our experience and knowledge, I mean the way Lex Luthor went about it and everything. I, I don't know. Let me throw a question to you, Jake. Bizarro. Yes. Mm. Peas in a pod. Peas in a pod, dude. We're, dude. You know, I, I'm just thinking to myself the way he just got the DNA of Superman and built this thing. It's like, uh, can we like? have bizarro in standing but no I, I just didn't i
1: didn't know why it wasn't bizarro I, I even as a kid i was just like this is bizarro's origin basically like uh, why why not yeah. just do Bizarro?" it was
2: really wasn't it because i mean he was manufactured to yeah yeah and and just turned out all kinds of wrong but yeah I, i'm just i i know i was a bit perplexed but my only sort of plausible theory is that Sign of the times, you know, we talked about this last episode with the, the Cold War stuff. I feel like a little bit of that filtered into the world of
0: Superman oh, as well.
1: Man, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with the whole – the. I mean, the crux of the movie is like Superman just goes, no, fuck it, I'm going to get rid of all the nuclear weapons in the world, which is <laughs> – Which is cool. You know, could have been really, really awesome because it's like uh, – Superman tackling, you know, relevant social mm. issues. Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all down for that. But I just feel with the Nuclear Man thing, it's like, I, I feel like there's this thing with and it, it happens all the time on any level of filmmaking where you know, you can write something and then someone's got to try and put their touch on it because yeah. they feel like they've, even if you write the perfect script, like And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. There is always that one that's got to change a line of dialogue or change a character or put their touch on it. And, I mean, even, like, in Hollywood, man, you can see it all the time. It's like, you know, some suits come in and go on, oh, no, we should do this. And everyone's just going, like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. If it means you get to have your say and you'll leave us alone, okay, we'll do that. Um, yeah. And I've seen it so many times, man, like even at like smaller levels where it's like, you know, someone will pay you to write a script. Um, <clears throat> you give it to them. Like there was a, a film that I did uncredited rewrites on and um, I had to rewrite this entire opening sequence and did it perfectly uh, through a, a Bram Stoker quote in there and stuff like that. And the fucking director rewrote the Bram Stoker quote and oh, made wow. it terrible. It's just like um you realize you're rewriting a Bram Stoker quote. That's really weird. But okay, yeah. whatever. Your show, you're paying the bills, man. Go for your life. <laughs> like Wow. But um yeah. So there was a reason I ran uncredited on that one.
2: Wow. That's <laughs> it was just like, Um I don't
1: think I want to be credited on a film that's rewriting bram stoker that seems a little presumptuous to me
2: yeah it's like um uh thanks but no thanks uh you guys run along and have fun yeah yeah no
1: no 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 no. you take all the credit for it it's yeah fine. i'm okay i'm okay with money i'm okay with just, yeah. just give me money it's fine no 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 i don't was, yeah. <laughs> you know in the back of your mind you're thinking I ain't getting no other jobs off this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so yeah, Superman Four was a bit of a bit of a dive uh, in, oh, in the series it of, it, so much, of sorts. it.
1: had so much potential, man. Yeah, but, you know,
2: it's kind of like Superman Three. Superman Three was, uh, you know, could have been so much more than it was. I yeah, I felt well.
1: Superman Three is another one, man, because the whole supercomputer
2: thing. Like as a kid, I was like, why isn't this brainiac? Yeah, exactly. the Same thing we talked about this i'm sure we talked about this over two episodes not just one but you you have dc at your disposal you have the library of libraries of villains and storylines at your fingertips to play with and mold into a movie but no no we'll, we'll make a supercomputer we'll just create our own character
1: yeah it's it's always so weird and uh, i just yeah i don't know i look i mean i guess in the 80s you know like the 70s the 80s you know even even the 90s i think to a degree maybe maybe the maybe the thinking was like oh this is too hokey or weird like we can't really you know go for that i mean you know man even even like you know we're talking about the x-men movies and Mm. stuff like you even look at the x-men movies like the early 2000s Mm. and it's like a lot of those characters are very powered down from oh, what yeah. they are in the comics.
2: <clears throat> Ryan um, the and it only,
1: feels, it only feels like sort of now that, you know, everyone's like, oh, okay, Thanos can show up, like a big purple alien can show up and wipe out half the universe and we'll, we'll run with that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it feels like nowadays everyone's sort of leaning a bit more into what makes the characters, the characters. Um, but I just feel like you know back then it was sort of like oh we can't go too crazy with it we can't go too fantastic and you know have everyone be you know at the levels they are it's like
2: yeah.
1: Magneto should not break a sweat levitating you know what I mean no, like, of
2: course not you know and and Galactus should not be a
0: weird, fucking cloud like,
2: <laughs> cloud like, I mean <sighs> I mean do do you have do you have like a, a, a I don't know, a top three of what the moments of this sort of thing. I mean, we've already covered like nuclear man now Galactus and I I don't know. Uh, I've got,
1: I've got a, man, I've got a bunch. Yeah. um, Like there, there's a bunch of shit where it's just like, it just doesn't match at all. Why did you do that with Galactus? Like, what? What the fuck? Like, I mean, why?
2: What, why? I mean, they go why? Why?
1: Uh, why does? Why is Dread taking his helmet off?
2: <laughs> um, exactly. You know. and, and the funny thing about that, ju- the Judge Dread. But before I get to that, the the Galactus thing, just staying on that. It's like, why go to the effort of making Silver Surfer look reasonably cool, but not Galactus? You know, like
1: my my. I think my biggest what the for. Comic films is yeah. how do you manage to keep fucking up Doctor Doom? Right, like, arguably one of the best bad guys ever in ev- whatever. Well, I was going to say in the Marvel universe, yeah. but let's just say ever in yeah. comics history. Like such a great character. I love him, man. And you know he's he's up there with like Magneto for me. Like Magneto's my my, my boy, but well, like. Doom is just such a great, great
2: character,
1: and oh. they cock him up every fucking time. Like
2: he's, he's the kind of bad guy level that even Darth Vader would be impressed with.
1: Well, yeah, like, well, he is, He's he's Marvel's Darth Vader. He like, is right. He is the bad guy. Like, yeah. like he has, know.
2: he's got the 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 intelligence level of of Reed Richards, but with the mystic. Uh, skills of Doctor Strange, it's like whoa, really? best of both worlds. Yeah, and, and he's a bloody tyrannical uh, ruler, and
1: yeah, ah, uh, just wow. Well, and I mean the great, the great thing that the thing that I've always loved about Doom is, I think it was something Stan Lee said, is that Doctor Doom doesn't think he's a bad guy. Like he genuinely thinks the world would be a better place if he was running it. Yes, like. And it's like, yeah, you, like he's not just like oh, I'm gonna point a laser at the moon and blow it up or something. Yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's a he genuinely thinks like he's doing what is in everyone's best interests, and that's fascinating. Like that's such a great character study to like get into, and a great, you know, it just breaks down his motivation in like you know one sentence. Mm, and I just, agree. He, Fucking him up in the movies. It's insane and so frustrating because it's like, oh my god, you've just you've got this great character and you don't need to give Doom superpowers. He's got a fucking suit of armor. Yeah, exactly. And he's a fucking wizard. He's like he's like Iron Gandalf or something yeah, like and that. He, like, and he's got robots. He's got yeah, Doombots
2: at his disposal.
1: Like, yeah, I just don't get it, man. Like, I think that, honestly, that is my biggest one for me. It's just like, yeah, every time I've seen a Fantastic Four movie with Doom in it, I'm just going, like, what are you doing? Like, that last, the last one, the less said, the better. That was an absolute fucking cinematic abortion of a movie. Uh, uh,
2: I Look, I have made three attempts at watching it, and I've actually got it from the library to watch a final attempt potentially tonight, so... Now is your chance. Good luck. Good Plead, luck. Man. No, no. Good. Now's your opportunity, Jake Reedy. Plead with me to not watch it, or double dare me to watch it. And I,
1: I look. If you can watch that and find something good about it, I commend thee. I would rather watch the first two yeah. with like Chris Evans and and you know Vic Mackey from the Shield is the thing. Yeah. Like I would, dude. I tried so hard with that other one, and I don't care that they made Johnny Storm African-American. Oh, I didn't care I, about that either. I care that it's a piece of shit. Like, it yeah. is just, you know, and here's the thing. It's it's not, like, the casting's pretty good. You know, they fuck up Doom. I know they were trying to do, like, an ultimate Fantastic Four take on it with the origin and everything. But it's like, look, I don't need a dark, gritty take on the Fantastic Four. Mm. Like, in the same way, I don't need a light, and fluffy fun take on Hellblazer. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, you don't make the Fantastic Four. You don't fucking Dark Knight trilogy the Fantastic yeah. Four. It just doesn't work. Like, yeah. they're, they're adventurers. They're fun. They're fucking yeah. flying rocket ships into space and getting crazy powers and meeting fucking you know oscar statues on surfboards like yeah exactly
2: and you know man like they don't, they
1: don't need to be it's it's meant to be crazy and fun and mental and like listening to a fucking monster magnet track you know like
2: yeah
1: like that's that's what it should be like yeah. it shouldn't be grim and gritty like it just I oh yeah yeah. I'm
2: with you. And you know what I'll I'll give credit where credits due. Despite the fact that the comic, the the costume was a little bordering on costume obvious costume cheese, I got to say the Doctor Doom in the OG Fantastic Four film was by far the best looking.
1: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: and and that's saying something. Despite the fact that the rest of the movie was a pile of shit beyond yeah. fucking belief. <laughs> Did you see the documentary of that?
1: Um I don't think I have yet. I know it was out. and yeah. I meant to watch it, Doomed. but I haven't watched it
2: yet. Doom does it, it. I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've watched bits of it. I've watched the trailer. It's good. It's uh. It basically just says, "Hey, you know, if they it, they try to make all these excuses about it, like if we had a better budget, of, of course, if you had a better budget, you'd do better things." Like uh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know some of those <clears throat> effects like Reed Richards stretching and stuff. It was
1: oh woo, yeah
2: boy. Yeah. There was pretty bad.
1: It, it and did you ever see the unaired Justice League pilot? Yes,
2: it I. I'm embarrassed bad. to admit. I'm embarrassed. It to admit
1: was this. bad. I oh, mean, it was nope. so
2: bad. Like, there's. <clears throat> I feel like this is a discussion on the horizon that we need to probably spend some time. Yeah, I really, think so. really soul searching together. But I feel I'm with you, peas and a pod, that Justice League. Pilot could potentially be the worst potential adaptation ever. I kind of think it is, man, because it
1: was atrocious. Like
2: followed close I, by Wonder Woman um, pilot with uh, what was the name, Megan? Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, was
2: it Adrian? Adrian, Adrian Pal- Pal- Palaki? Palaki? Yeah, Palaki yeah, that, 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 yeah. That, that, that's her name. Could have been so. It could have been so much more. They had the right girl, even with the weird mole on her forehead, but um, it just kind of didn't happen. And just yeah, I think I think I honestly got
1: about ten fifteen minutes into that, and I was just oh, like, look, I I can't devote any more of my life to this. Look, the, like- <laughs> the,
2: the the fight scene at the end with her uh turning up in OG uh OG Wonder Woman um. PVC outfit was pretty cool and provocative, but um, yeah, it was it was a good fight. But uh, other than that, the movie was a piece of shit. Justice, yeah. like The costumes <laughs> are just like, uh, it's like a bunch of, bunch of characters from the movie world set have just come out to play.
1: Oh, dude, it was like, and I mean, it's like you know, it's like the the Adam looks like a chubby dude, yeah! and the Flash looks like it's like the Flash looks like if he ran a block, he would probably, like, keel over and exactly. die of a heart attack. And then Martian Manhunter shows up at the end, and he's just, like, kind of a, a chubby dude in body paint. And you're yeah. just going, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> like
2: it, it, It's like that, to paraphrase that alien scene that you paraphrase so well, kill me.
1: So... Yeah, dude. And, I mean, like, you know, Green Lantern's in there, and it's, like, some weird mishmash of, like, Guy Gardner. Al Jordan, Guy Gardner, yeah. Kyle Rayner. It just doesn't like, make sense. I'm just going, what is this meant to be and who is it for? Mm. And it's. It, I always found it weird because it's like, you literally did the Flash TV series with John Wesley Shipp a few years before. which was and great. it was so good. I like, loved it. It was
2: so good. I think it was, you know, in terms of those 90s TV series, it was kind of at the forefront ahead of its time. Oh, dude, it so was like it so was, and like literally the
1: only gripe with it is that like they, I really wish they'd used more of the rogues because yeah, like I think so, when too. they did bring them in, mm. like they were pretty cool. Like you yeah. know when they kind of did their riff on Mirror Master and Captain Cold and, and stuff Trickster like that. And Trickster was great. Trickster, oh Trickster was fantastic, and the fact like, that Mark they brought Hamlet, him, like
2: yeah, and the fact that they brought him into the the current Flash TV series as well, yeah, fucking awesome
1: yeah yeah no man he he was just amazing yeah but, uh, yeah yeah crazy crazy time the 90s uh, crazy I tell you, time.
2: I tell well look i'm glad we I'm glad we survived it and lived through it so um yeah dude so uh i want to i want to comment on something you you sent me recently um and it was funny because here we are. We did this. Ep- was it was episode two. We did that that wonderful yeah, I dive. I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, we did that wonderful deep dive into Eddie and the Cruisers one and two. And lo and behold, it's like as if the universe heard us. And Corey Taylor releases a cover of "On the Dark Side." I know, right, man. <laughs> And damn me, it was pretty good, dude. It's
1: fucking really good, man. Like it's just, and it's not a massive departure. It just feels like not a way more rocked up version of it. Yeah, um, Corey's dude, voice actually works so fucking beautiful. Good. Oh man, I'm Corey Taylor's
2: my dude. Like I fucking love that guy. He he's redeemed himself a lot in my in my eyes. I I know a lot of people love Corey to death, but I I have. I have my reasons uh, and I'm sticking to it. But uh, look, this this track is a beautiful return to form of sorts. Yeah. And uh, I love the, I want to say John Cougar Mellencamp segue towards the end there. Yeah. Uh, She got the. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Neil Young. Is that Neil Young? Neil Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Yes. Neil Diamond. Yes, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, so he's got that nice little Neil. And uh, medley in there. It was fucking masterful. And the track overall I, I can just I, I, there's a part of me that hopes he or if he hasn't done already does like some cool fucking uh, video clip, you know, like kind of like Eddie, oh, man. Eddie, yeah, right? Eddie and the Cruises style with the full band and shit and just, yeah, you know, real 60s kind of vibes. That'd be sick. I, I'd love to see oh, that. Dude.
1: Yeah, right. I, I, I actually have a really hot, spicy Corey Taylor take for everyone. Oh,
2: real? Bring it on. Yeah. Uh
1: I actually like Stone Sour more than I like Slipknot. Wow. I, and that is not that is not to say that I hate Slipknot. I okay. love Slipknot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I didn't listen to Stone Sour for years, right? Um because I just like I heard the the bother track that was on the Spider-Man soundtrack. Yeah. And, like, I – I because I, I didn't know. I I just went, oh, yeah, Corey Tyler's got a side project. Cool. Yep. I didn't realise that was his first band. I didn't realise he was in – he had Stone Sour up and running before he joined Slipknot. And it was only a few years ago. I can't remember how, but I got on to Say You'll Haunt Me. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I fucking loved it, man. Like, I love that track. And then it led to, like – Uh, Imperfect, Hesitate, all these other tracks that are, like, a little bit more mellow. Um, And I was just like, these guys are really fucking good. What have I been doing avoiding Mm -hmm. them all these years? So I, yeah, kind of got right into Stone Sour and, yeah, listened to, like, you know, Zix Road and stuff like that. And I was just like, fuck, man. I don't know. I kind of like you do a little bit more than Slipknot.
2: Yeah, they got a good catalogue of work, man. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. The first album was kind of... Um, yeah, it was kind of a... It was a bit of a rock version of Slipknot, but you could still see the yeah. Corey was still hanging on that whole Slipknot vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, I no, was... mean,
1: I honestly thought Audio Secrecy was a... Masterpiece.
2: Oh yeah, great album, dude. Great oh, album. I
1: think there are so many fucking great tracks on that album. Yeah. Like Jesus, man. Like wow.
2: Yeah, they, they're they're great, and they're good live too, man. Like uh, oh yeah, Corey. Yeah, Corey's a good showman on stage. Like he always is. He's a consummate showman. But in Stone Sour, you see him. He looks very comfortable. He really looks in his element. Uh, he just and just it looks like he's having a really good time. You know, like. Mm. Um, I don't know. Just I, I love that about artists when they can just sort of they're away from the machine, as I like to call it. Yeah.
1: And I'll well, get, I feel like I feel like Slipknot would require a lot more of a yes, performance. You it know, does. Like it's it's more Slipknot. Look, I mean, they're they're just
2: way more theatrical. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Dude. Like you know. Yeah. It's a big thing. Um, I'll, I'll give you another example of this. Um, it would be paul stanley i i got to see paul stanley live and i fucking love kiss as well and Mm. um i've seen kiss a a few times but to see paul stanley in a in a small theater like uh i think it was twin towns yeah he performed there with his band and he looked like he was on cloud nine he was just swearing cracking jokes with everyone uh, and just going, what do you just want to hear? I'll play whatever you want. And he just played and jammed and just had a great time. Like, I love seeing that side yeah. of an artist when they can mm. just, they don't have to prove anything. They don't have to be something, you know, uh, that's programmed. They can just be yeah. there. And it's cool.
1: Yeah, that's like Springsteen, man. Like, the I, I saw Springsteen once. And oh, dude, wow. It was the best show. Like, it went for, like, Oh, man, it was over three hours, easy.
2: I've heard it's still like, going right now, isn't
1: it? It, it probably is. It's like <laughs> it's like listening to a Meatloaf album.
2: Yeah, <laughs> gotcha.
1: <laughs> and, but dude, it was so good. It was just like you know Bruce is there and like you know he's telling stories between songs and shit like that. And you know it was like it was literally like fucking a three-hour version of VH1
2: Storytellers. That's amazing. like
1: it was such a great,
2: great, great concert. Like, yeah that's so cool I've I've uh, you know uh, a previous employer uh, at my time with hard rock he he's an American guy and he was he lived in Asbury Park and he told me one night you know they'd go to this bar downtown after work and uh, this one night the boss walks in uh, you know Springsteen walks in with Clarence and um, they just shut the front doors uh, bar was closed well bar was open but bar was close to anyone wanting to come in and they proceeded to jump on stage, take over the band and um, play a set. That's rad. Cause that's the boss does what the boss wants to do. Yeah. That's fucking amazing, man. He, yeah, he yeah. has that kind of, that kind of magnetism and power. Like um, the only other person I could think of like that is Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, so friggin yeah, that that's um thanks for sending me that single. So if you haven't checked it out, uh Corey Taylor's version of On the Dark Side, um, the great the one of the best songs from the Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack, hands down.
1: Oh yeah, man. So good. So, so good. good.
2: So good. Um but you know, speaking of Slipknot, I mean he's um that new masker he's are you into that? Like, what are you into the? Whole I'm mask digging thing? it,
1: and uh, you know why I'm digging it. Oh, like, uh, yeah, you, 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 go, you know why I'm digging it. You go
2: right ahead because I already stole the thunder kind of when I mentioned the single, so you can take it. Oh, no, it. man,
1: you, you, you had a whole segue, so you, you roll with it.
2: Well, okay, so it's, it's no secret. We've both discussed off mic our love of a certain movie um, called Nightbreed. And it's just crazy that Corey is sporting a mask that is very, very much like the character Decker from that film who is the lead. Actually,
1: Corey has actually said that it's modeled on Decker's mask. That is so cool. Because as we all know, he's a massive horror fan. Like, yeah. um, Yeah. If anyone hasn't seen uh, In Search of Darkness on Shudder, I highly recommend
2: it. Oh, I'm dying to see that. Is it good?
1: Dude, there's two parts out so far, and it's like four hours each, and it's just a massive dive into 80s horror. And it's real fucking glorious. Oh. Like, so many great interviews, like, with so many people. Like, yeah, man, like, Tom Atkins is there. Corey Taylor's there. Fucking, you oh, know, Lance man. Hendrickson. Like, it, dude, just everyone. Like, so many great directors. Like, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the best eight hours you'll spend watching a documentary.
2: You know, I, I love shutter for that reason. I, I, uh, even when I'm watching something on TV that I don't necessarily have any interest in watching, I find myself scrolling through the shutter um, playlist and just, just constantly just slapping myself going, why aren't I watching this? Why aren't I watching this? Why wow, I watch it? Yeah, there's just so much cool shit. But the documentaries are fucking great, man. I, oh, I watched dude, the yeah. uh uh Pet Cemetery documentary. It's fantastic. Yeah, that
1: was really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's rad. Yeah, very yeah, rad. That was that was fantastic.
2: But Nightbreed, man, what a movie, dude!
1: Like, oh, dude, I Nightbreed is one of my absolute all time favorite films. Like, it is in
2: 1990. Right, and the,
1: ironically, boom. 32 years ago yesterday. Wow, so yep, crazy, was, right? Yesterday
2: was Nightbreed Day. Wow, oh, that's crazy. We're recording this, by the way, it's today, In advance. but it's not. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording has of Thursday, the 17th of February, but its release was the 16th of February. is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah.
1: It depends on it depends on what day you go for. It's like whether you gotcha. like take it as like you know I'm American sure, time or not. Bro, like, I'm, I think am sure, I'm sure some in elitist, America it's Nightbreed day.
2: Yeah, some elitist friggin' internet nerd will just be gone. That's incorrect information, and yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, well, com.
1: yeah, you know what? Fight me on Nightbreed, anyone? Like I, I challenge you. Like I will, I will oh, beat you man. down. <laughs> you'll
2: you'll boon their ass out. Yeah. Um, dude, yeah, where do you want to start on this film? This is, like, I, I, I find this is one of them gems. Like, I remember first seeing the poster at the video shop, uh, one of those many posters that you just look at. And you, I, I don't know about you, but I would just stand there and stare for a good five, ten minutes, and just – I was in awe.
1: Well, the funny thing is, man, I first came across Nightbreed in a comic, of all things, because cool. uh, way back in the day, um, because – um it was DC usually. DC would have uh DC comics like occasionally would have these uh little fold out like poster promotional things in yep. them. Um they had one for Predator 2 that like folded out into like a little poster that like had a Fuck big yeah. picture of the Predator and like little schematics on all these weapons and shit like that and then like, yep. you know, on the other side, like, the folding was almost like a little booklet where it was talking about, like, you know, the characters and I stuff like that. I think I may that. have
2: seen that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you'd remember them if you saw them, man. And they yeah. I remember they did one for Nightbreed. And I want to say it was in an issue of the original Lobo miniseries, if I remember wow. correctly. Um,
2: I I, I want to read that.
1: And I saw it, and I wish to Christ I still had it, because mm. um, my, my Clive Barker geekdom was not in full flight back, back then when I was a wee nipper. Um, but I saw it, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? This looks like the coolest thing ever. Because um, it was the proper Nightbreed poster. It wasn't the bullshit slasher one that – you know, they sort of did when they tried to remarket the movie. Like, you know that there's another poster where it's just got like a picture of um Annie Bobby's eyes. Like, you know, Laurie thought her boyfriend was this. Laurie oh was wow! Wrong. Like it's yeah. Like yeah. it's a fucking slasher movie or something, which I, it kind of is with the whole Decker thing. But you know, onto that later. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, this was like the full uh full on poster of like the Breed and Boone standing in the middle and stuff like that. So and it great just eyes. looked fucking rad. I was just like, "What the fuck? Who are like who are these guys? Like, mm. who's this motherfucker with the moon face and this other dude with like the fangs and the like skin dreadlocks growing out of his head?" Like, That's
2: what I mean. I spent ages just looking at. I was fascinated by all the characters on the poster, like Moonface and and Boone and all these guys. Yeah, I, it was totally freaking awesome.
1: Oh man, yeah, and. And I didn't get to, because it was like, it was for the theatrical release of it. And I never got to see Nightbreed at the cinema. I really, really wanted to, but I just don't, I either missed it or it didn't play at the theater in the town that I was living in. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't end up discovering it until it was on VHS. Wow. Okay. And um, yeah, by that point, like, you know, Marvel had started doing like their epic comics of it and stuff like that. Um, which I always wanted to get, but I, I never yeah, could, like, same, jump dude. on at the right time. Um, and I ended up seeing it on video. And, dude, I was just blown the fuck away. I was like, this is, like, even the theatrical cut, and I know the theatrical cut has its detractors, and yeah. it is, I think the theatrical cut is a little messy. Like, I've seen the director's cut. I've seen the Cabal cut. I own them all. I have. Wow. I, You're dude, a fan. I ha- Dude, I have literally got about seven copies of this film in my house. I have, wow. I have the VHS. I have the American VHS with the intro by Clive Barker. Yeah, I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray, uh, the director's cut on Blu-ray. I have uh, another version of the director's cut from the UK on Blu-ray that comes uh. with the theatrical cut on Blu-ray. I have the Cabal cut. And then I have the director's cut on DVD as well. So I've, I've got a lot of copies. That is so fucking movie, cool. Man. Like the only one I don't have is a laser disc yet.
2: Well, um, you're not really a fan then, are
1: you? Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> so my like, fucking, my cred's just out the window. Um, it's just like, I feel like I'm failing at life. No, um, I know, you're not, you're not. But, <laughs> Dude, but, I'm um, impressed. Yeah, dude, I I saw it on VHS and I was just fucking blown away because it's just like, like I said, even the theatrical cut, you're just like, this is the fucking X Men with monsters, yeah, like basically, you know, right? like and and that's the thing, it's like you know, all, all, all this studio shit where it's like, oh, no one wants to buy monsters as heroes, like fuck you, you didn't ask me because I'm totally <laughs> exactly. there for that, yeah, like it was such a great. A great, great movie. Like Craig Sheff is fantastic uh, in it. He's brilliant. Um,
2: I love. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite uh, anti heroes.
1: Yeah, dude, he's just so fucking great in and that movie. Like, I've, I've liked him in a lot of stuff, but yeah, he's he's just knocks he, it out of the park. His
2: um, his portrayal of of Cabal is actually quite good, even though his character's name's Boone. But he's mm. his um, yeah, his portrayal of the character from book to to screen was. Was good it was very well done.
1: yeah man i well i really i look i love the book like i've mean, been like, like clive barker is like 90 fucking five percent of my library you know yeah um but like i i just thought i thought he i thought it was a great adaption of the book um it's a shame that they didn't have the budget on hand to really do the berserkers the way they I should agree. have been done yep. um but I, I thought, like, even the theatrical cut, as mangled as it was, was still such a great... I mean, that's how I fell in love with the movie. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I could pick between, like, you know, oh, I'll watch the theatrical of the directors and, oh, this will be better. I mean, this was fucking, what, 1990, 89? Like, you know, um, it's such a great... And it's such a great... And, you know, like we talked about last episode with X-Men-related stuff or a couple episodes ago, you know, it, it's, it's one of those great you know, if you're an outsider, you can find a place in this film because, like, you know, yeah, it's, like, all all the monsters, like, have a place where they go and they're safe. And, like, you know, I just love the, you know, the the undercurrent and the the message that, you know, humanity are the real monsters. Like, man is the enemy. Like, and it's such a great, like, metaphor for, like, I mean, well, look, I mean, look, there is no—you can't talk about Nightbreed without saying, like, we this are is the a tribes movie, of the moon. Like, this is a movie about <laughs> fucking gay rights, essentially. Like, it is. There's it no is getting a bit, like, it? It, well, it is, man. Like, it's—it's it's obvious. Like, this is this was Clive talking about gay rights. Like, he's a—he's a gay, very openly out and proud gay writer, director, yeah. you know, um, and artist, like you know, whatever. And this is obviously like his stance on that like it's all over it like it's so obvious um but i mean again like you know like with the x-men you can always you know transpose that theme onto your own life whether you're you know a metalhead that's getting bullied you know back in the 90s metalheads got bullied it was a thing it happened it sucked Mm -hmm. um you know, or whether you're, you know, you're a person of colour or whatever. I think, like, you know, you can find something in this movie to connect with or whether you're just a fucking outsider, whether you just don't fit in. Like, you know, it, it's this, like, magical, almost fantasy tale of, like, this place where you can go, where you will be accepted no matter what. Like, yeah, I agree. And it's so fucking good, man. And, like, you know, even... Like you know, getting away from you know the the uh, the sociological sort of um, themes of the movie, you know this it's it's also a great like you know David Cronenberg's Decker is fucking scary, man. Like he is so fucking scary, and it's crazy in this movie.
2: Like, don't you find it's crazy that you've got one of quite possibly one of the best directors in Hollywood uh, at the time. And still friggin' in a movie directed by one of the best authors in in, in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just love the the collaboration yeah. between the two. But yeah, Cronenberg's uh portrayal of Decker was fucking just I think one of the best the best villains out there.
1: Oh dude, yeah, he's amazing. And like, you know, his his whole like thing where he's like killing, you know, families and you know, people that are like uh, breeding too much in his opinion, like his whole weird eugenics kind of motivation is yep. like fucked up and crazy. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to say that it isn't a little bit relatable when you're in a car park at a shitty shopping center on a busy day. And you are sort of like thinking like, yeah, I could wipe all of you out and get through the checkout quicker. It would be cool. Um, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I, I didn't say No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just edit that
1: part out. No, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think the, the best bad guys, there's always like this little dark side of you that kind of almost empathizes with them, I, yeah, I think. Okay. And I think that's what, that's the case with Decker as well. Like, you know, there's this, there's this little dark side of you where you're like, well, maybe not kill the monsters, but with the humans, you might have a point. Not saying you're right. Not saying I agree with it. Just saying you might have a point.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um, yeah, it's it, it's. I don't know. It's it's such an interesting movie because it. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it was pretty short. I mean, even though the book mm. itself is essentially pretty short itself, yeah. But the the movie adaptation is uh, grossly short in the sense of, like you touched on before about the berserkers. We, we're introduced to all these incredible, fascinating characters that we don't really get to see much more than a couple of moments of of each. Like, well, that that know. was
1: the problem with the movie, man. Is that like it was massively fucked with by the studio. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they basically went, you know, they let Clive do it. They cut his budget halfway through, or you know, at the start of the filming, just made his life absolute hell with it. Um, got to the end of it and just went. Well, what the fuck is this? Like, we can't market. Like, because I mean, Clive has, you know, gone on record several times as saying, like, he wanted to make the horror version of Star Wars. Like, he envisioned Nightbreed as being this whole massive, grandiose mythology with several sequels, like, you know, like a big franchise, essentially. And they fucked with it because the studio shit their pants, went, what are you doing? You can't have monsters being heroes. This is insane. No one will want to watch this. Uh, we need to recut this entire movie and remarket it, um, which is why, you know, they amped up a lot of stuff with Decker as the villain and stuff like that. Cut a fuck ton of scenes out of it. Like the director's cut. I literally have one problem with, which we will get to when we talk about one of my other favorite characters Um the director's cut is much, it's about, Oh Jesus Christ, about 40 minutes longer. Um, and it's not just like there's scenes added in. It's a complete recut of the film. Like mm. there's loads more story in there. The opening is different. There's loads, loads more stuff with, uh, Boone and, um, uh his girlfriend, whose name completely escapes me for some fucking reason.
2: Uh Laurie, Laurie.
1: <laughs> Laurie. Yes, I just mentioned it before. I don't know what's mm, going on.
2: That's
1: okay. Long, long week. Um, but yeah, there's like so so much more stuff with them. Like, um, you know, Boone's whole like, I mean, because essentially in the theatrical cut, it's like you know, Decker goes, "Hey, Boone, you killed a bunch of people." He goes, "Oh fuck, did I?" Oh, here, take these, and Boone walks into a truck, and you know, but that whole. Thing is much longer, like you see, Decker like really psychologically fucking with Boone and convincing him, and you know, gaslighting him that like, yeah, I think you're a serial killer, even though it's really me. Um, yeah, dude, so much more build up, so much more stuff in Midian. Um, you know, so so much more. You know, great like character moments with the monsters and stuff. Um, a bit more like that big battle at the end there's a lot more stuff in there there's a bit more stuff with the berserkers not a lot because they didn't have a lot of money but there is stuff in there with them uh completely different ending um yeah dude it's 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 i'm so fucking glad that we finally got it because it's like this is the way this movie should have been seen like to start with yeah i just really feel like if we had gotten that back then it might have done better. We might have got some more sequels.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree a great deal. Um, it's yeah. There's I've I've haven't seen all the versions that you've discussed, but I know for a fact that yeah, I've heard all these sorts of things, and I, I as a fan, I mean, was a bit perplexed. Um, you know, there, I wanted to see more of Devil Lude, for an example. The the devil can yeah. got the black-headed um, devil guy with the big horns. Yeah, um, Kinski was one of my favourite characters, the moon-faced guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wanted I to mean, see I, much I more love, of him. Dude, I love Peliquin, and I always thought, like, because, I mean, Peliquin is essentially the Wolverine of Nightbreed. Like, yeah. he's he's the fucking, the, the rogue, berserker, fucking, you know, out-of-control dude that, like, you know, no one can tell what to do. And I always thought it sucked in the theatrical cut, that it's like, Hang on! All these guys are attacking, and Pelican just kind of like gets hit by a car, and you know is out of action for most of it. Yeah, but you actually get to see him doing more stuff in the final battle, like before he gets taken out. Um, Yeah, just so much more, so much more cool stuff. Like, I mean, the Cabal Cut is the Cabal Cut is worth watching if you're a big fan because it's essentially everything thrown together. Oh, cool. There's little bits, like some of the footage is in VHS format, some, mm-hmm. you know, cleaned up, some isn't. Um, you know, there's little bits and bobs here that don't make sense because they have essentially thrown everything but the kitchen sink into this cut of the film. So it's it's a really interesting watch. The director's cut is the better version of the film because it's like, you know, everything's there, it's clear, it's, it's you know, quite concise. But, interesting. Uh, yeah, man.
0: That's yeah, really interesting.
2: There. I like that. Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, the movie the movie itself, I mean, yeah, we've talked about David Cronenberg's p- portrayal in this. I, I really, yeah, I can see why Corey Taylor would go and get a mask like Decker because, I mean, he was just such a, uh, I mean, there, there's been some great killers in movies in the past, but, I mean, Decker, the character, and David Cronenberg's um, portrayal of,
1: you well, know, he plays him killer.
2: So, yeah, dude, he he's plays so him
1: so calm. I know that's just, what I loved about it. Like, carries not even like slightly charismatic, but he's just so calm. Like you, his pulse doesn't raise at all. Yeah, but he's so fucking sadistic and brutal in his kills. Like, so good when, when Boone and Laurie leave Midian and go back to that lodge and he's just murdered everyone in there. It's yeah. just like what the fuck? Like, you know um, and, you know there's there's so much, there's like there's more scenes with him and Narcisse who I absolutely love, like I fucking love Narcisse, like the dude with the the razor thumbs. And oh yeah, and yeah he was great, I like he, him I fucking adore him, he's so great, he's like He's so funny. Like he's the comic relief of the movie without being silly. Um, he's like
2: a he's like one of the 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 dead. Um, you know, the Grateful Dead fan club that travel around. Yeah, He just seems to me like one of those cats, just just um well, and he, very like, far he's out.
1: Ha- he's having such a great time in that movie. Like the yeah. character is having such a good time. And um, yeah, I mean, that's my only only gripe about the director's cut is that he dies like oh. decker kills him which bummed me out i was like i like the theatrical cut because he lives in the end and yeah. like you know i always thought like i thought the camaraderie between
2: him and cabal was, it was so good so like good, you know yeah. but i guess i guess the the methodology behind decker killing him would be that i just wanted to show you just how remorseless and relentless Decker was in his pursuit of the night breed. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird because, you know, yeah, he does secretly want to be Nightbreed. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he'll, he'll go to great lengths to achieve that. And mm. yeah, it's a bit strange. Um, Yeah, the, I, oh, man, I want to see the Cabal cut now. That's crazy. Crazy. Oh man, dude, dude bro. Yeah. You, anyone listening,
1: if you want to sit down and just watch every single fucking version of Nightbreed, I'm the guy to do it with. I will happily do it. <laughs> Bring pizza. That's all you need. Like, um, yeah. I, I mean, everyone that has watched this movie loves it. Like, I showed my ex, Max. Mm. Like, I showed mm. it to her, to her, like, years ago. And she fucking fell in love with it, like, straight away. Like, every, like I mean, it, it feels like it's a movie that not a lot of people are aware of. Like, it's not as, like I mean, most people, when they think of like Clive Barker movies, they think of Hellraiser, like instantly, which is perfectly natural because Hellraiser is such a massive franchise and Pinhead is such an iconic character. But I, I just, Nightbreed is my favorite Clive film. Like it just is. Um,
2: It's definitely up there. And that's,
1: Zero shots at Hellraiser or anything else he's done. Like, I, I love this man's work more than anything in the world, uh, cinematically. But yeah, I just feel like Nightbreed is my favorite Clive flick. Like, it just, I, there's so much in there that I connect with. Um, the character designs are so cool and creative. Uh, the whole mythology of the world and everything. Yeah, like... I love
2: that the, the Egyptian. Um, kind of the Moses vibe that's in there as well. It's all good yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and I mean the the comics really go even further into it because um, like Boom did a comic run uh that did some origins of some of the twenty five issues um, I believe, right? Uh, no, I think that was Epic. Um,
2: okay, Epic, cool.
1: Actually, Epic have got um, Boom actually collected some of the Epic stuff. Um which I think is the first 25 issues, but it doesn't go past that. It doesn't get into the um, Nightbreed Hellraiser crossover or the Nightbreed Rawhead Rex crossover. Right, okay. Which I'm like, boom, come on, guys, just release that other hardcover. Come on, I need it. Um, But then they also did a new series that um, the first half of that series was origins of different characters, like Lude's origin is in
2: there. Oh, cool, Um,
1: cool uh this stuff with uh Shunasasi. I um, love
2: Shunasasi. Uh,
1: everyone loves Shunasasi, oh, man. She's so awesome. <laughs>
2: that scene of uh, sorry to interrupt you, but that, that moment where she just cuts sick on the cops, but the seduction, oh, dude. The, the whole dance, it was kind of it took me to Selma Hayek in From yeah. Dusk Till Dawn. It was just like she's
1: just brutal man. She's yeah. just a fucking machine because Isn't she, she like she takes out that one dude and then she's just all over the shop. She's like running in between them, like just spiking them as she goes. It's so rad. Like, yeah, it's such it's a really great rad. scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the first half was all origins and then the second half sort of took over from the end of the film with um, Boone and Laurie and the rest of the breed, like, you know, building a new, a new Midian and stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's and, interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's really cool because I think Clive, Clive sort of had a hand in guiding the story for it. Like, he didn't write it, but I think he was sort of, you know, consulting on it as well. Yeah. So it's a really good insight into what could have been.
2: Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's good it, that sort of stuff happens. And I, I like some of those adaptations and, um, you know, potential oh, carry-ons yes. that oh, happened like, in the 90s. Some of those comics yeah. were great.
1: Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. And, I mean, even even like – um you know the epic hellraiser series and stuff like that great. like
2: yeah there was some
1: really great stuff coming out like especially Clive Barker sort of yeah. stuff
2: yeah i mean speaking of hellraiser i mean it's it was um it's funny enough that that we see also Hellraiser himself as Dirk Liesberg, uh, Liesberg, um, Doug Bradley. Yeah, Doug Bradley. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought, and that the cool thing about cool. the
1: director's cut is that they actually restored Doug's voice, like because they ah. redubbed him in theatrical for some weird reason.
2: Yeah, that's that's weird, isn't it?
1: Very right. weird. Yeah, I don't know, don't know why they did it, but um, yeah, they they just redubbed him and. Uh, yeah. Once, once the time came around to do the director's cut, they actually like, you know, had the, the bucks there to like, you know, get dug over and um re-record all his dialogue the way it was meant to be, which oh, is fucking man. awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's cool. I mean, I, I love that, that, uh, you know, to me it was shades of John Carpenter, you know, with Kurt Russell and all, all those kind of yeah. Curtis, you know, just keeping it in the family, like Tim yeah, yeah man, Johnny yeah. Depp and that, you know, just keeping it in the family. I, I like that. That's that, I like that camaraderie. It's cool. So Oh, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this movie, yeah, I, I'm with you, Jake. It, it's one of the best. It's one of the, you know, it's loved and adored by so many of us that love horror. So you're not allowed to call yourself a horror fan if you haven't seen Nightbreed. I'm just going to say that outright. Yeah, man. Like, it, it's just
1: such a great film and like i said there's just there's so much there to connect with like and it's short and sweet yeah yeah well that's the thing i mean even the director's cut man is only like it's only i think maybe a couple of minutes over two hours yeah cool Um, okay you know it's just like like i said it's it's obviously like clive was saying something with it but you know like every great piece of art like you can bring whatever you're bringing to it and find something to connect with. Like yeah. I just, I really just think that like,
2: yeah. There's, um, there's footage on YouTube as well. Um, I i don't really, I, I collect all the footage, but I haven't yet watched much of it, but there's um, video footage of the night video game. There was also. Uh, yeah. I well, remember so. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I never played it. I never played it, but well, I do
2: I- remember it
1: coming out.
2: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to say that probably a lot of these games were very good, but they, uh, you yeah, know, there just seemed to be a, a, an explosion of, you know, movie to game uh, franchises going on. So oh, Nightbreed yeah, was
1: one. Yeah, yeah. I just, I really think that there needs to be a Nightbreed revival. Like, I just, I feel like. You reckon
2: like a reboot or? I,
1: I think just, you know, I mean, look, I know it's been talked about for years that there's going to be a TV series. Right. I've gotten to the point where I don't think it's actually ever going to happen. Um, you know, it might surprise me. It might be like Deadpool. Like, you mm. know, I will, I will give up all hope. And then, you know, suddenly it'll be like, Oh no, we're making this. Um, mm. But yeah, I really think like, you know, just, just re like have Clive, I mean, I don't think Clive wants to direct because he's had such a shit time when he's been directing films like Between This and Lord of Illusions. Um,
2: But, I mean, they're great movies. I mean, Lord of Illusions and Nightbreed and Hellraiser, all great movies. And That's
1: why, I mean, I I love that guy. It's like, dude, even when you're having an absolute fucking shit of a time, you still turn in greatness. Like, um, but yeah, I think like you know, have him have him on board, have him as like showrunner or something like that, or you know, throw the bucks up and make it, you know, a big trilogy. Like, give us a fucking Lord of the Rings size Nightbreed trilogy because like, I just I feel like we need an epic horror fantasy trilogy, and I just I just feel like Nightbreed is such fucking fertile ground, man. Like, there is so much. You could do oh, so absolutely. many interesting characters.
0: That you know, like, <coughs> yeah.
2: Speaking of interesting, um, I'm just reading here. Uh, one of my favorite characters that I mentioned before, Kinsky, um, is N- Nicholas Vince that played him. Also played the cha- uh, Chatterer. Uh, right?
0: Yeah, chatterer. Yeah, yeah. In
2: Hellraiser, uh, and Hellbound, too. Hell- but um, he also wrote the Nightbreed comic book series, the short-lived yes.
1: one. Yeah, 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 he did, yes. So
2: I thought I'd like to put that on air and say that out loud because I think that's pretty
1: damn cool. Yeah, so, yeah. So, again,
2: keeping it in the family, I think that's great. Yeah, man,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and even um, uh, Mark Miller, um, not Mark Miller who did Kick-Ass, but right. other Mark Miller with different spelling of his last name, um, who's worked with Clive on a bunch of stuff, um. He um, he wrote a bunch of the comics. He's, a, he's written a ton of Clive comics for Boom. Um, so cool. Next Testament. Um, I think he wrote some of the Hellraiser run as well,
2: I believe. They're all great um, comics, Meg. all of the Hellraiser run, maybe. They're all great comics because they're just so dark and they're, they're not so, I don't know, one-dimensional reading like most comics. They're, they kind of explore some darker paths that, um, yeah, it, it's, do I don't he, know, it's he, enriching. Here's
1: he's the thing I love about Clive Barker, man, like his writing, um, like everything. And before I get into it, there is an absolutely brilliant uh, two-part masterclass session with Clive Barker on YouTube. And oh. I highly recommend anyone who is artistically inclined or just wants to hear an absolute genius of a man speak about some real shit. should watch that because it's absolutely amazing. Um, And here's the thing I love about Clive is that his work is so real. Like there is no bullshit about it, whether he's writing about fucking sadomasochists from hell or monsters that live under a cemetery or, you know, uh, a demon that lives inside a book or fucking anything. His work is just so real and true and he's he always talks about shit that matters like you know he he doesn't like it's not like oh we're going to look for the treasure and we're going to run into obstacles along the way and the real lesson we'll learn is friendship there's none of that crap it's all like clive talks about like you know what happens when we die is there an afterlife you know sex death love the environment the world what we're doing to the planet uh nature you know all these like big things that I, I feel like we all think about as, you know, humans if we've got half a fucking brain. Yeah. But we don't really talk about it that much. Like, you know, we we, we tend to go through going like, you know, oh, how's your day? Oh yeah, not bad, you know. Not like, you know, how's your day? Oh man, I don't know. I'm really fucking Really, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what happens if like we kick the bucket, like is there something beyond this? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we don't talk about shit. And Clive Clive Barker's work does and he he's such an amazing writer that like he oh. talks about it so beautifully. Like yeah. um, Books of
2: Blood was my jam, dude. I loved Books of Blood. Oh
1: dude, yeah, just so fucking good. So yeah. good. And like what a what a fucking phenomenal explosion onto like the literary scene yeah, like
2: dude like yeah he he didn't come out subtly he came out with an explosion you know and no it was... dude
1: like like dude books of blood was essentially like running up to the horror world slapping your dick across its collective
2: face yeah. and going, yeah what are you going to do about it I, man all all my all my high school friends and me that were in horror and stuff we were like those guys that were just like you know, we talk comic books and music, like much like you are, you and me are right now. But yeah. we'd always talk about books of blood, books of blood. And man, when I read that, I just yeah, it just takes me back to that part of my life. And I just yeah, I I think it, you know, in this day and age where people, for whatever reason, have forgotten the, the the simple art of reading and escapism, this book will take you to places you never imagined. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think my first my first Clive novel was uh it wasn't Books of Blood. I think it was Cabal and Hellbound Heart. I read both right. of them.
2: And they're both um, short books too. They're not very yeah, long reads.
1: Yeah, I just I read them at the library because I was I was always like fascinated with um Nightbreed and with Hellraiser as well mm. as a kid. Um just the the imagery and everything and You know, before I before I saw, I mean, I saw I before this was before I saw Hellraiser, obviously, because I didn't get to see that until much later. Um, But like Nightbreed, I was so fascinated with, and this guy Clive Barker's name just kept coming up and coming up in all this shit, and like he was always mentioned in Fangoria and movie magazines and horror magazines and stuff like that, and. I think I read them from the library, and I just devoured them. And I went back and just had to get everything I could. Um, and I think I read the second volume of Books of Blood before the first one, which doesn't really oh, matter because they're all uh, short no, stories. It's not in so,
2: sequential order. Yeah, no.
1: yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter a shit what what order you read them in. But dude, just absolutely amazing, and just like it's one thing that I always try and emulate as a writer is the way that Clive can describe something that puts you in the scene. And I mean, he's a genius. He can do it in like four or five words. I'm an idiot. So it probably takes me a paragraph, but I mean, you know, it, 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 it is a far greater man than I that could ever Like, aspire to write half as well as Clive Barker. His fucking grocery list is amazing. Like, I mean, dude, I remember when he was really active on Twitter, and it's like his fucking Twitter feed is better written than most novels. Like, for real? Yeah, dude. I did know that. He he hasn't been active on Twitter for quite some time. Like, unfortunately, he uh, got really, really ill back. I heard that. I think it was, I think it was like 2000. 13 maybe or 14 I could be wrong on that yeah. but yeah like I mean he's thank fuck he's still with us uh yeah, because absolutely. the the day Clive leaves us I will be inconsolable um but yeah he's he's sort of tamped down like a lot of his social media presence you know while he's been recovering from everything but yeah. apparently he's still like churning out the books and everything so and you know working on stuff and he's really really active which is fucking great like you know
2: that's so cool
1: but, um, uh, yeah, man, like books, of, books, of, I mean, and Cold Heart Canyon is one of my favorites. Like, that is such an amazing book. Like, yeah,
2: oh, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, you know, one of my current regrets is just lack of time to to properly spend digesting more of these books. I, I still haven't read a Magicka, um, yeah, the, the Great and Secret Show. Like, there's so, there's just so much to.
1: Yeah, read. like this mr Be gone is a great one man because and it's short too like you can you can churn through it fairly quick
2: yeah it's uh yeah it's it's i mean Clive buck is just incredible his artwork as well oh um, yeah there's videos on youtube where uh i i can't remember which one's specific but there's one where he just casually just flicks through paintings that are all like in a poster rack of sorts and he's just casually just pulling them out and the the the, the kind of artwork that just has your jaw on the ground constantly yeah. and they're just sitting there in this freaking rack
1: and there, uh, there is there is a great special feature on the DVD and Blu-ray of Midnight Meat Train that is basically it's essentially a, an afternoon with Clive Barker and it's like he's you know talking about you know just basically talking about being an artist, like being creative in any capacity. And, you know, he goes through his painting studio, um, you know, all his paintings that he thinks are fucked up that like live outside in a shipping container essentially. And um oh dude, it's just it's such a great watch. Like it's one of those it's one of those videos, much like the the masterclass on YouTube, where if I'm ever feeling a little creatively like drained or, um, you know, not really feeling it, I can go back to those and watch them and just feel inspired again.
2: So you recommend that for any budding person listening Uh, and and just a quick side note, just thank you to everyone that is joined us on this journey for rad.
0: Uh, oh yeah, guys! So six
2: six six, man. This yeah. is great, guys. Um, th-
1: thank you so much for you know um, listening to us and indulging us in you know just talking shit and having a conversation because it's it's really kind of cool, you know. It is great, it's, uh, eh? it's good. It takes it's- takes me back to my my uh, radio DJ days, and um, yeah, it's it's quite fun.
2: We're having fun, man. This is good, but uh, yeah, man. So you recommend this for anyone uh, sort of listening? Man-
1: absolutely I absolutely 100 yeah, percent recommend cool. it that like you know you should you if you're if you're creative in any aspect it doesn't matter what it is you know have have a watch of those videos listen to Clive and it will light a fire under your ass um, so cool like that. because he's he's just he is such an amazing human and like I mean i I've, I've always joked for years that like Clive Barker is the gay dad I should have had um, <laughs> like, like
2: yeah I'd be, dude, I'd man, be like, happy this... if I had a gay dad I'd be happy with Clive Barker as one too. So. Yeah, dude yeah.
1: like i I just i honestly if if I one of my one of my great regrets in this life, and you know I've got more than a few, but what, one of the great ones will be that I probably will never be able to meet Clive shake his hand, give him a hug and tell him exactly how much he has meant to me over the years because, like, dude, his work and just who he is as a person and, like, you know, watching those videos and that has gotten me through some really dark shit and some really tough times and it's just, I'm so grateful that this fucking dude exists and is creating and putting his work out there in the world.
2: And that's that's the beauty and power of Art and music—the um, fact that we have these idols that we can look up to and aspire to—that you know exactly what you said so beautifully. It, they help us through so many moments, good and bad, in life. And Clive definitely, like his art, he just everything about Clive Barker takes me back to a really happy place in my childhood. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I tip my hat to you, Clive Barker. Thank you on behalf of Jake Reedy and myself, thank you from the bottom of our black hearts.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Like, yeah, I, as I said, I, I, I owe Clive Barker a lot, uh, in my life. Like yeah. I really do. Like he's, he's just, yeah, man. Like you like just such, such an inspiration. Um, such a great guy from everything I've read and mm. seen. Like, yep. and yeah, man, like, and, and, you know, even beyond all that, like, be- beyond all the personal stuff, which is not to take anything away from it, just the hours and hours of entertainment and escapism, like his work has given me as it's, well. It's great, like, isn't it? It's just, dude, it's so fantastic.
2: I mean, it was, like, it was cool. They had, the, you know, they had, like, various comic books. Uh, I'm trying to think of half of them off the top of my head, but there was Ecto Kid, I think it was.
1: Ectokid, uh, Hyperkind, Hook of yeah. X, Saint Sinner. I've actually got all of them. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. So, this, this is how awesome, like I, I always date the most awesome people. Um, B, actually for my birthday a couple of years ago, because I've wanted these for ages. I missed out on them as, uh, when they were coming out in the 90s. Right. Um, B actually ordered me, uh, and it cost him a lot and he kept it a surprise for my birthday i think it was uh my 41st birthday got me an entire run of every single one of those all the original issues from a guy in the states that was selling them and fuck man they are great that is so cool like dude yeah just like so again so creative like it's just it's like yeah superheroes from the mind of clive barker like you know, you hear those words, you kind of think like what the fuck is that
2: gonna look like? It's like um I'm trying to remember now that that quote that Stephen King said, you know, I've seen the future, oh, seen of, the horror. future of horror. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, that's you can't sort of top that. That's just the best way to describe yeah. Clive Barker.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: And in my opinion, he is very much current. Uh he he is like fine wine. He just gets better and better. Oh, dude. Like,
1: absolutely. It, yeah. Like, absolutely. And I, it always annoys me when I go into bookstores, you know, if you can find a fucking bookstore nowadays, yeah. but you know, you go into bookstores like Dimmicks and stuff like that. And there's no Clive on the shelves. Like, you know, I mean, look, there's barely Stephen King on the shelves nowadays, but yeah. um, you know, you see, you see all these other like authors and stuff like that. And it's not to say that they suck, but it's like, look, Clive Barker should be a fucking staple of any bookstore. Like, Agreed. If, you're, if you've got a horror section or a fantasy section, like, there's you Clive, you have Stephen King, and maybe Dean Koontz. Like, you know, it's those like, are the guys you have.
2: It's like going to the fruit and veggies section and finding there's no fruit and veggies. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. maybe some tomatoes. You know, that's it's kind of like that. It's like there are essential items that have to be on the shelf. And also, Clive you know, Barker's if, essential.
1: If you would equate them to, like, you know, 80s slashes or something, it's like Clive and Stephen King are like Freddie and Jason. Yeah. And you don't have a horror section in a video store and not have a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movie on the shelf. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. That It's, it's just wrong. Like, yeah. I don't care if you've only got one or two. Like, just have them there. Represent,
2: you know? Mm. No, I agree, man. And, and speaking of bookshops, it, it's it's not only the... The, the finding the books, and or the disappointment of not finding the books, it's dealing with the arrogant twats behind the counter.
1: Oh, yeah, just, dude. That <laughs> just like uh, I'm hearing you.
2: You just have to. I don't know. I mean, help me out here, Jake. I mean, there there's a there is a special place reserved in hell for some of these people, and I I'm going to go one step further and say some of those people in the comic book. Retail industry, they just—you know—I—I—I'm—I'm trying to find the words here to describe my disappointment. You know, I've been—I've been lucky because I've always gotten at my my regular
1: comic shop. I've always gotten fairly excellent service. Like, yeah, you know, I've—I've—I've—I've been lucky where I've had people just go. above and beyond and yes. out of the way. And that's yes. why it's my regular comic shop because, you know, they, they always look after me. They always treat me good. Um, but I have been to other comic shops um, or bookstores or CD mm-hmm. stores. Yep, um, yep. And, dude, oh, my God. You're just like, why? Like, look, I know you work in retail and retail sucks. Yeah. Uh, I've worked in retail. I get Same. it. It's shit. Yeah. Um, but also, you get to work in a really fucking cool job. Like, you get to work in a comic shop. Like, yeah. why are you say like? I, I I don't know, man. I, I, I don't get, know
0: what it is.
2: I get it. Like, I mean, I know you have to deal with certain people that defy logic in terms of they just ask you some of the most profane and insane questions about genres and stuff that you just kind of go, dude, I just sell comic books. Um, yeah. You know, but for for the case store, like, if you go up to the counter and ask about Clive Barker and, and the person behind the counter looks at you with a, what, who?
1: Yeah, like you've grown an extra head.
2: I mean, seriously, this is the part where you, you just basically go xenobite on their ass and just...
1: I, I, yeah. the, fucking, the fucking greatest one I had was I was at a certain um, CD and DVD store that... Um, is not yellow, but has survived it's, the the culling of CD and DVD. Right, style. So it's the other one. It's not the yellow one. Like it's a very GV commercial I, it's, commercial establishment. It's not Hi-Fi, because they okay. are pretty good. Yeah, It's the other one. And gotcha. I was there Oh man, this was years and years ago. And I was looking around everywhere. I was trying to get Friday the 13th on DVD. This was before yeah. Blu-ray came out. Yeah. So this is like a fucking thousand years ago. And I've gone through, I've looked through all the stacks, blah, 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 blah. Couldn't find it anywhere. You know, their, their system's completely shot to shit. It's all over the place. They've got, like, you know, a, a metric fuckton of, you know, buy three for 20 shit out the front. I'm like, maybe it's in there. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to spend an hour looking through all that. So I thought, I know, I'll go ask the guy at the counter if he's got any in stock. Yeah. Uh, and if he has, obviously it's in there. I'll go for a dive. Roll up to the counter. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey. Like, just the most unenthusiastic, like, I don't fucking care to be here. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm being unfair. I don't know. No, no. But, you know, like, if you're on a job, like, let's let's just say, look, when I'm writing or when I'm on the podcast or whatever, whatever fucking crap is going on in my life, I put all that aside because I treat this as a job. Mm. Like, you know, yes, it's fun and I love doing it, but you know, we have a responsibility to the listener, whether there's five or six of them to come on here, do what we do, be in as good a mood as we can be, be entertaining, be funny, be whatever, be informative, mm-hmm. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck people get out of this. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they're sleeping to my voice, I don't know how, but maybe they are,
2: Maybe they uh, are.
1: you know, it could happen. Yeah. But, I put all my bullshit aside to do the fucking gig. Now I treat that the same as like when I'm at a regular job, like I don't get to like go in there and fucking be an asshole and shit all over everything because I'm having a fucking bad day. Like I've got a job to do. I'm doing it for whatever reason, be it money or commitment or whatever. I do it. It's fucking guy. It's fucking guy. Is just sitting there with the most fucking shit fucking sneer on his face. Like, oh, you know, I'm I bothering know that type you. Already. I'm bothering you by asking you something. And I'm trying to be pleasant. I like walk up, as I always do. I'm always nice to customer service people because I know how much the job sucks and I know how much you don't need assholes ruining your day. Yeah. So I rock up to this dude. He says fucking sneer on his face. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, look, man, I'm just just wondering if you've got any copies of Friday the 13th in stock. Which Have you, you looked on think... the shelf? Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm like, yeah, he, I did look on the shelf. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've just been in here for like 20 minutes looking through the shelf. You might have seen me. Like, I'm one of three people in the store. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I
2: mean, you'd think there'd be like a level of enthusiasm Considering you're asking for Friday the Thirteenth, which is you know Friday the Thirteenth, great film, right?
1: I would think that there'd be some sort of level of enthusiasm in making a sale. Like, yeah, you know.
2: I mean, it's not it's what like, you're it's asking. Like... It's not what you're asking for when Harry Met Sally or something like that, right? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, just just uh, just give me the give me the standard bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I'll check in the computer. No, we haven't got any. Oh, we've got one copy. I can order it in for you. Whatever. It's like what? an IT crowd moment.
2: Uh, have you tried turning it off and on?
1: Well, the other the other one that I love, at the same store, was mm. I used to go to this store quite a bit, and um, I stopped going because I got sick and tired of, oh, we can't find the disc. Oh, wow. Like, and then wow. it's like, oh, okay. Um, oh, can you come back later? Like... No, I'm not going to make a fucking trip here again. Mm. Like, mm. like, can uh, and it's it's not not even like a oh we've we've looked everywhere, dude. We just can't find it. We've lost it. Sorry, uh, it happens.
2: I have it's literally a,
1: a quick look on this. Oh no, I don't yeah. know. It's not
2: under F. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I have a bit of an analogy of sorts for your a visual description of of your experience. I'm just going to compare it to those many pleasurable scenes from Married with Children when the fat lady asks Al Bundy about the shoes.
0: Yeah, it's that. Do
2: you have the shoe in stock? Not for you, you know. (laughs) Um, It just seems like that kind of. And and this guy should, you know, the guy that you've dealt with, it should not be compared to Al Bundy in any shape or form. Because Al Bundy is a god in my opinion. But. That level of customer service is comparative.
1: Oh, dude, it's just so
2: unnecessary. It is, right? It's totally, totally, true. And like, I've had, I've had similar experiences. I just feel that way when you go to comic shops. You feel like certain dudes should be totally enthused, and I get it. You're probably drained from dude after dude going. Hey, do you have Superman? It's like there's fucking acres of Superman on the shelf, you know? Yeah. Um, or, or better still, oh, what's good? You know? I Yeah, I feel your pain, dudes. You know? Mm. Like, we, we've all been there. We've done retail. We've done the yards, man. But uh, for the greater good, if, if you go up and ask for something, like, great, like Friday the 13th, it's like, dude, you're asking for something cool. Of course, well, I'll, I'll make the uh,
1: effort. It's... It's one thing that you notice, I think, particularly in comic shops, is there's there's people that think that they're kind of like kings because yes, they work yes. at a comic shop. Like, yes. they're the nerd leader. And yes. you should all be lucky that they're talking to you. Yep. I have an experience that, uh, as I said, man, my comic shop, like, very, very helpful, very cool. Like, you
2: know. Yeah, my guys are good too, man. Like, shout out to the guys at comics, mm. etc. the good, good dudes. Um, but, yeah, just every now and then you just to certain places and just deal with pompous twats. Yeah. And that just, I don't know, it hurts my feelings a bit. Well, it puts people off.
1: Like, I, I had, a, mm. I had a, like, my, my ex um, went to a comic shop in Chermside um, and she she's big into Coheed and Cambria. Gotcha. And um, she was looking for a lot of the comics that uh, Claudio Sanchez had written. And these guys were just fucking assholes to her. It was just like, "Oh, you're a girl, what?" It's yeah. like would not help at all. And it's just like, "All right, fuck you. It's okay, baby. I'll track them all down on eBay for you." Yeah,
2: my I believe my brother it's had that a similar of, experience at that same comic shop.
1: Yeah, well, it's that sort of um, it's that sort of attitude that puts people off buying comics like yeah dude, you, know, totally. you you should go into a comic shop it should be a fun experience it you should be. be like the guys behind the counter are really cool they're really yeah. helpful and, you yeah. know
2: it's i don't know to me to me like uh i i kind of learned the cool way about retail and customer service and i'm sure you did too i mean if you see someone looking at something cool go make a v-line and chase the sale but also not a, not just chase the money, but show a bit of enthusiasm for the fact that they're looking at something super cool. Well, dude, and...
1: I used to work. I used to work in a CD store, a uh, little indie CD store um, that my friends rad. had. Rad. And um, you know, it was above a piercing studio, so we just had like even more know, rad, great clientele just coming up. We we'd have kids constantly, like you know, you'd have the. The really kind of emotionally oversharey kids that would like, you know, come up and like sing at a corn poster yeah. while you were playing a corn record. That's awesome. Because you know, yeah, my dad's a prick too, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And you got yeah, like, cool. sort of roll in your eyes a little bit. Going, yeah, okay, kid, you're gonna regret this one day. You're gonna look back on this and cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know man like you would you would engage people you would go up and you'd be like you know they'd be like oh yeah have you got this it's like yeah you know those guys yeah well, maybe you should check these guys out too they're kind of similar but really mm. cool like you know hey if you like cradle of filth you know maybe you should check out fucking cannibal corpse or something like yep. shit like yep. that like i you know, know those
2: places yep i've, I've and you just that.
1: you just really try and be cool to everyone and it's not just cuz you wanted their money it's cuz it's like yeah, like, we're in the business of selling really cool shit, like, really cool art, whether it's CDs or comics yeah. or whatever. Like, man, check this out. Like, it's fucking awesome. Like, you know, you like the Ramones? Have a listen to The Damned. Like, Yeah, you know?
2: exactly, exactly. And and that, that's the way it should be. But unfortunately, you know, today, I, I don't want to get into a rabbit hole discussion about today's society, but, you know... It, a lot of those ideals have diminished somewhat. So it's it's refreshing it when of, you find the places that do still yeah, have it.
1: it. It kind of feels like the culture of, like, the culture has died. Like, you know, that, that culture that we grew up with, like in yeah. the 90s and the early 2000s where, like, you would go to CD stores and you would spend hours looking through shit and, you know, picking totally. out what to buy totally. or, or video stores or comic stores and stuff like that. It, and it was, it was an event. Like, it was yeah, not an event, was. but it was like, it was a hangout. Like, you'd go there with your pals yeah, or you'd yeah. meet your pals there. Yeah. You'd hang around. You'd bullshit with the dudes behind the counter a bit yep. or whatever, look through some tunes and stuff. You know, maybe buy a few things, buy a comic, buy uh-huh. a graphic novel, or a CD, or a fucking movie, or something. Yeah. Go get some lunch, and like, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, what are you doing Saturday? I'm going to go hang out at the comic shop. You coming? Yeah. Like, totally I'm going to yeah. go hang out at the CD store. You coming? Totally like, I'm going to, I'm going to go down and you know, hang out with hang out with my, my friends that are running at the CD store. Even though I'm not working there, like today, like I'm going to go down. I'm going to hang bullshit with them, smoke a couple of cigarettes, we'll get some hot chips for lunch. You know, yep. it'll be a thing. Yep. And it feels like that culture's kind of died now. And I think I it's agree. really sad. I think it's sad that like, you know, not to sound like fucking old man yells at cloud, but I do think it's kind of sad that like kids today don't get to experience that.
2: Well, that's what I feel like. I feel like they're missing out on that. And that's why I sort of preach on it a little bit sometimes about reading and shit. It's like, dude, you know, it makes me happy when I go into a library and I see a kid sitting there with a stack of graphic novels. That, that, that yeah. makes me happy when I see, I remember once going into comics, etc. and a mum was letting her kid pick out some comic books with his yeah. pocket money. And I was like, Oh God, this, this gives me hope, you know, for the future. Yeah. But then, but then you see other kids and you kind of go, Oh man, like, I, I don't want to be that guy either, but it's so like, dude, I don't think you realize what you're missing out on. Like just, yeah. Yeah. You know, if I could just give you five minutes inside my brain, you might just get a, a little bit of an inkling of an idea of, of the greater magnitude that you are missing out on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally, man. But that magic you're talking about, like enthusiasm and customer service, I mean, I, I you know, we've talked about this before, but the, the wonderful journey of going to Blockbuster Video or Video Easy. Oh,
1: yeah, man. That, that's the thing. Like, you know, that was that was a thing too. That was it was. It was an event. Like, and it's like, it is something that Netflix and streaming just, cannot touch it's like the 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 excitement of discovery of like you know roaming the shelves like you know um even if you weren't like even if you weren't rushing in to try and get a new release Mm. like just roaming the weekly shelves and just like looking at the covers and picking them up and going oh this looks kind of rad like you know fuck i haven't seen this before or you know getting your favorites and like the, i mean you know that popcorn smell at blockbuster it's yeah, uh, just like it's
2: always good right
1: takes me back there yeah
2: but there was yeah, always I, that enthusiastic guy behind the counter that was like dude you got to watch this
1: yeah 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 exactly man and like ah uh, it just yeah like uh, dude I, I just can't you know so many so many hours and nights like spent like you know roaming the shelves at blockbuster or just like you know even if you, were, I mean, when I was a teenager, man, like if I was like feeling restless or something, I would just be like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go for a walk to the video store and just check it out." Totally, you know, yeah. totally. and like, you know, you go there and you know, getting the magazine and seeing all the upcoming releases oh, and I stuff love like that. that. Dude, man,
2: that was so fun. It was just a thing, or and, even and, you know, and sometimes if they had uh, the arcade machines in there, yeah, yeah, you'd go in and play Double Dragon or something, dude, and yeah. it was like, oh, this is life.
1: Yeah, and yeah. E- even even like you know as a kid, like you know the 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 sort of um, you know the you, like getting getting a pizza with your friends or something like that. Yeah, totally. Man, like totally. you know, let's grab a couple of videos and a pizza because there was yep. always a pizza shop next yep. to a Blockbuster or yep. a Video Easy. Yep. Like always. Yeah. Um. And, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think it's really fucking sad that video stores are no longer a thing.
2: Yeah, it's oh. it's a very sad thing. I mean, just even seeing like those last remnants of uh, blockbuster. Like uh, it wasn't maybe a year ago. I think there was a piece of blockbuster video still hanging uh, just near one of the cinemas in Fortitude Valley. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like a you know one of the apartment buildings going up, and there was a piece of blockbuster still there, and I was like. Oh, this is a sad day. This yeah, is really- man. And I actually went not too long ago, a couple of, uh, about a year or two ago. I went to one of the last video stores in the country in um, up north, uh, yeah. near, uh, on the sunny coast. And uh, it was, I've got video of it actually, and I just remember talking to the guy, and he was just such a heartbroken man. You could just feel the pain. Yeah, dude. But at the same time, it was just such a warm feeling, just you know you know where here i am i've got that access to all the streaming but just walking up those aisles and looking at what's on the shelf it yeah yeah streaming pales in comparison
1: you just you just can't touch it man. and like like i've said i've said this before so there's so much stuff that hasn't made it to streaming like there's so much stuff that never made it to dvd or blu-ray yeah yep. like it's just ah it just it's just such a a sad piece of history has it been is. lost, you know?
0: Yeah, like, I feel that yeah.
1: way. And it just, I oh mean, it was just it just defined an era, like, you know, the 80s through to, like, you know, even the late 90s, like, yeah, it's just, oh, God, what a time.
2: I know, right? What a time. But it, it's cool that there's, like, uh, you know, little flashbacks to, to those times. And I, I don't know if you look at a lot of stuff online um, overseas, but Places like LA, uh, Mystic Museum. I, oh, yeah, I've had man. the pleasure of going there, and I actually went to the Evil Dead exhibition in LA, yeah. and it's freaking rad. And I did flat, flashback video. I was about like, to say that. How cool yeah. is that shit, right? Oh my god! Just like come to Australia, please. Just... But that, I mean, that's all that that would be. All it would take is is someone with half a clue in this country. Just do a mock pop-up fucking slashback video style video store here. I guarantee you will have lines around the block of people just wanting to just soak it up.
1: Dude, I swear to God, man, if if I had the money, one thing I would do is I would open – a video store. I just, I just, I just would. I would, I would open. A you video could do store. it like a
2: coffee shop slash video store. You know, dude, I would. It would be. A, I would. I would have. I would.
1: I would just make it be a massive hang. Like you know, yeah, VHS, totally. DVD, Blu-ray, um, arcade games. Like I'd have like a fucking pizza, little pizzeria or something in yeah. there. Like have one, one know, of those cool I,
2: old school comic book racks. You know, the, yeah, dude, the like ones. Spin, spinner rack. Yeah,
1: or like. With Fangoria I mean, yeah. magazines
2: and shit.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, you know, and I, I would fucking, you know, I would supplement it by importing, you know, overseas Blu-rays and stuff like that for collectors and shit. Like, so I just, cool. I would just love to do that. Like, I really would. Like, it would just be, yeah. Like, I could I could probably be a happy man doing that shit.
2: That, that to me just sounds like heaven. Um, yeah, I, I would just, you could not be happy going there every day.
1: No, dude. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, it would just be such a great place. Like, you know, just just a really fun,
2: positive environment. Like, you know, there used to be a place like that once upon a time uh, in the valley. When I, I, remember one time I first oh, was went that to trash a trash video. Yeah, yes. I went there as a kid and it yeah. was like, wow. Yeah, it was a sad day when they closed down, man. Yeah, man, it was, I, I'm glad that I got to experience that, you know, that was cool. Just, I don't know, just seeing, I've got this memory in my head of just this, just overwhelming collection of just incredible B grade and just everything you could possibly want to see in a, tra- in a place oh, called yeah, Trash video. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was all kinds of great. <sighs> Take me back. Anywho, anywho. So, um, yeah, so at recording of this, um, I, just getting back on the music side of things, I heard something that kind of pleasantly took me by surprise. Huh? Let me ask you, Jake Reedy, have you heard a band called Dream Widow?
1: I have not.
2: Okay. Uh, uh, by this band and it's uh, it's called March of the Insane. It has just recently come up and it features on a, a movie soundtrack that's about to be released very, very shortly at time of this recording called Studio 666. By, ah, yep yep, yes, yep, 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 yep. Yes, by a certain band called the Foo Fighters. I don't know about you, Jake, love them or hate them, I think this is one of the most brilliant strokes of genius in this modern era. Speaking of this nostalgia track that we've been going down with video shops and stuff, the the approach these guys have taken to this has just revolutionized or is about to revolutionize the way things are done today.
0: Yeah, man, look,
2: I am
1: hanging for that movie and I love the Foo fighters. Like, Absolutely love them. I think Dave Grohl's fucking great. Um, yeah, I he's
2: cool as fuck, dude. I
1: do often wonder if Dave Grohl and Keanu Reeves have are actually the same person because you know they they're kind of like if you look at Keanu nowadays and you look at Dave Grohl, it's like slowly morphing into the same dude. Like, is anyone seen <laughs> you in the same place at the same time? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, the hair, man.
1: the beard. I'm just saying, there's something going on there. Um, but no, man, I fucking love the Foo Fighters, and I am hanging for that movie. Like, it looks great.
2: It's a funny thing, man, because like I, I was only talking with a, a mate today, and I I was there for the Foo Fighters in the beginning, the first album, fucking I was right into it, I loved it, but then something happened, and and I, I like all their music, don't get me wrong, but it was just that that cesspool of of the population, you know, that just the reaction to the Foo Fighters just kind of yeah. scared me away a little bit. But now I feel myself coming back full circle with this, uh, you know, with this movie and appropriate soundtrack as well. Yeah. It's fucking cool. And the trailer rocks.
1: It is, it is funny how fans like when people like fans can put you off stuff like.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, I've found that with a, with a few things, which is probably a conversation for another day, but yeah, yeah. no, man, mean, Foo Fighters are, are very, very cool.
2: So, I'm going to throw you this curveball. So the reason why I brought up Dream Widow is, did you know that that Dream Widow is actually the Foo Fighters? I did not. Okay, so when you hear the oh, song, I, I've probably <laughs> given you a bit of a spoiler here because you haven't even heard the song. But um, is I'm just going to go on record and say my mind was pleasantly blown and there are already um, reputable... Me- uh, online metal um, websites saying the same thing. These guys have done something that few metal bands have pulled off in quite some time. They oh, have taken right. they have taken us back to the best of eighties thrash metal. Ah, oh, that's cool. With this single, this single is just balls to the wall, fucking metal as fuck. It's great. Okay. Dave's uh, voice is on point. Yeah, I see. I'm, I'm going to listen to that when we're done. Yeah, March of the Insane. Check it out. It's fucking dope. The movie looks great. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an exciting time. I think that whole, you know, we've touched on this a bit. That that whole bridge between heavy metal and horror is just masterfully executed to the nth degree with this. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it looks
1: it looks rad, man. Like it looks really yeah. Fucking rad.
2: I say let's see more of this happen in the future. Because I know oh, yeah. guys like Corey Taylor are doing a horror movie as well. Uh, oh, I've yeah. heard of that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean it, it's a thing. It's happening. And I mean, shit, conversation for another day, but Rob Zombie, enough said in the words of Stan yeah, Lee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it is happening. It is a thing. And I hope that my optimism and hope in this is that kids today will look cool shit happening now and pick up that there was this other cool shit happening that we've been so passionately talking about. Yeah. And the people out there with big pools of money will go, Hey, let's do a pop-up video store or, you know, just let's, let's give the kids a taste of the, the past. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah. Uh, what are you reading lately? You reading anything cool? What am I reading lately?
1: Um what am I reading? Oh man, I'm going through wow, I'm, reading, I'm reading so much stuff
2: like at the moment. Yep. Like um uh, anything that just jumped out and went, oh, I gotta tell Jesse about this.
1: Um no jeez. Uh, uh, um fucking so much stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um
2: uh um
1: on the, the latest issue of Deadly Class just dropped, which is nice. always fucking good. Um like that looks good. series, like yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more mm-hmm. next time because, like, that's a very big... I've got lots to say about that series. It's fucking yeah. great. Um, Radiant Black is a great new superhero series from Image. Cool, cool. Um, It's very cool um, and very... It's given me big vibes of... Uh, when Invincible first came out, oh, that's and exciting. everyone was getting really psyched about it Yeah, it cool. new. it's it's like you know it's doing the traditional superhero stuff, but it's doing it in a really new, fresh way. Nice. nice. Um, that's my read. Undiscovered Country is another fucking great phenomenon. Is that like series. a
2: UFO type uh, um, thing?
1: It's sort of the the the. It's very very timely. Uh, the basic. uh plot is that there is this virus that has infected the entire planet cool know where they got that from um <laughs> and um yeah it's um it's basically like this uh virus has affected the planet that uh, america has essentially like it's basically like a very you know it was it was created at the height of sort of trump era america nice. like before while while uh agent orange was still in yep. charge yeah um and basically America has walled itself off from the rest of the world for years and years and years, like, you know, 50, 60, 70 odd years. Yeah. Um, no one's been able to get in no communication, no nothing. Um, and this, uh, group forms to go into America to see if they can find a cure for this virus. And when they get in there, it's like, America's just gone fucking batshit. Like there's all these different zones that they're working through, uh, like a spiral to get to the center. Yeah. And like the, the outer zone is like a Mad Max style wasteland. Um, you know, they get a bit further. There's oh, like okay. a, a very cyberpunk sort of zone. Um, yeah. like America's like all these states have like segregated themselves and like, the, it's almost their own little reality. Um, you know, they get along and there's like a zone of like, um, like forgotten art and film characters and yeah, stuff like gotcha, that. And music gotcha. and shit. Uh, it's yeah. really good, man. Really interesting, um, you know, really high concept, but you know, I'm really keen to see where it goes. Like it's oh, cool. It's you pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. cool.
2: I just finished reading um, the dark Hawk limited series. And I read that man.
1: How cool was that? It was
2: great. I liked it. It was, it was so
1: fucking cool.
2: I like that. I like the fact that they, they gave us, they've given us this really cool superhero that we grew up with. Uh, you know, you know, one of the, you know, uh, underrated superheroes from the '90s. Yeah, but they've given it to this kid that has real-world problems. I like that. I like. It the... felt very, uh, very
1: much a throwback to like classic Marvel, like Spidey and stuff like that. Right. Like, yes. You know, it's it's like yeah, okay, you, you're introducing this really big concept, but you're giving it to a, a an average kid who's you know down on his luck, you know has uh, multiple sclerosis. Like, um, yeah, it was, I, I, thought, I thought that was, was really happy. good. And I fucking love the redesign of Dark Ork. Right? Yeah. I, think I, I really liked
2: it. Um, I wasn't completely sold with the wings. I, I, I'm a fan of the, the metal wings. Personally. Yeah. The metal wings. Yeah. Yeah. Bring back the metal wings, please. And thank you. But everything else looked great. I like the, you know, yeah the overall look of it is really cool and I love how it ended I love the the battle sequences with the bad guys uh I like that there was some other armored power, armor powered supervillains in there and um and having Miles Morales um Spider-Man cameo in a couple of issues was great too
1: Yeah I thought that was cool man I I really want them to I was I really want that to be an ongoing series because yeah, yeah. It was
2: really, actually I think was it Kyle Higgins that wrote that? I think so. I want to say yeah, but I yes,
1: okay. Yeah. he is the same writer that is doing Radiant Black. Cool, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah, if you did Darkhawk, man, like you'll you'll get on board with Radiant sweet, Black. Sweet,
2: sweet. Yeah, yeah. I look, I thought it was a good run. Um, I'm happy that it was a limited run. I, I'm I'm with you. It'd be cool to see an ongoing series, but at the same time too, it you know it, it could potentially fall down that that rabbit yeah. hole of you know, it could just go somewhere that you know it should, and yeah. uh, it, maybe maybe it's the kind of thing where we might see Dark Hawk uh, has a member of the Champions, or you know, join a a group per se. Yeah, so it has a bit of continuity in the universe. So I, who knows? But yeah, I, I was happy with that. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I thought I thought it was good, man. Like it was a, it was a good little run. Like I was very pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Cool man. Uh, shit, I think I think it's about that time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it is, man. I gotta, I gotta go do the dinner thing at some. Yeah,
2: point. yeah. Let, let, like, we got things to. Should... Yeah, life, life goes on. But man, this has been rad. rad. Yeah,
1: dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know we six, were going to get to six. some. We were going to get to some other stuff.
2: Um, oh, that's another episode. We will,
1: that's We fine. will get to that next
2: time. That is fine. We. <laughs> As
1: we've discussed, we'll, we'll before, kick that can down the road.
2: Yeah, we've man, we've done so much. We've got so much content to talk about that we both are so passionate about. And uh, yeah, look, man, we'll get into that. But dude, I think we've done a great job today. This has been yeah, good yeah, fun. Yeah. it
1: was it was good, man. I, I I look, yeah. Any any chance to talk about Nightbreed and and sing the praises of uh, Mister Barker, I will show up with bells on.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well. Happy episode six six six, Jake. This has yeah. been fun, yep. and uh, yeah, dude. Uh, till till next episode, I think we'll we'll have some fun on the next one. I've got, I've got indeed. I know we've got plenty of ideas, so it, all is well. Oh yeah, they there will
1: will be more radness.
2: Yeah, but thanks thanks everyone for uh, checking out the episodes. If you have, I hope that you are enjoying the epic conversations. If not, let us know. <laughs> we have a Facebook page now. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah, we, yeah. We're official. We're moving up in the world. <laughs> it's a it's a work in progress. But um, <laughs> yeah, dude, there, there'll be more to come. And uh, yeah, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, and uh, give us, give us a
1: like, give us a shout out,
2: do, yeah. do the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Till next episode, Jake. Stay absolutely,
1: rad. my brother. I will talk to you then.
2: Woo-hoo. All right. Take it easy. You too.
0: And that was episode six, six, six of Rad. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one as much as we did. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) Yeah, come back next week for another dose of radness. We just keep it rad. That's all we can do. That's all we know how to do is just be rad. Because rad isn't a dirty word. Not at all. Nor is it a word of the past. No, rad is is relevant today. Very, very relevant. And if you can't comprehend that, well, you shouldn't be listening to this show, should you? Maybe you should take a bit of a look on the inside of your soul and uh, let a little rag in. Anywho, <laughs> that was a weird outro. Uh, thanks so much to everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Rad. We had so much fun doing this. We love doing the show and we're going to keep doing it. Uh, We are looking at every week of different ways of improving it and uh, believe me, it is a work in progress that will uh, be more and more accessible to you guys in the near future. Not that it already is, but uh, if you could be awesome in the meantime, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to Rad on, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Music, whether it's iTunes, iTunes. Uh, Anchor, even you know, you get the idea, man. Just uh, hit the subscribe button, it just shows us that you love us a bit, and uh, it just uh, helps more people find where we are as well that want to indulge in a bit of rad fun. Uh, we're now on the Facebooks, so look us up there. We will be on the other platforms soon after. It just takes a little bit of time to uh, get everything up and running, but. Uh, when it happens it'll be most rad but uh yeah man on behalf of jake and me thank you so much everyone that takes the time to listen to the show hope you guys are enjoying it we're having an absolute blast putting this content together and we'll continue to do so man we got some so many great ideas i was gonna say some great ideas but we have so many great ideas for upcoming episodes um there's no shortage of awesomeness to talk about uh especially from the 80s and the 90s, man. So we're going to keep it coming as long as, uh, you know, you keep, uh, you know, subscribing and listening. And uh, let's keep rocking like a ducking. All right. Till next time, guys, have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Look after each other and stay rad.